Welcome to our Voices of Data episode, specially dedicated to a topic that is relevant to every single one of us, financial well-being. In this episode, you'll hear why financial well-being is so important and how data and machine learning plays a useful part in helping us reimagine this for our customers. I'm Nick Hobson-Langley, and I look after data and analytics for Europe and the Middle East for HSBC. And I'm delighted to be joined here by Ben Maxwell and Kate Inglis, two of my colleagues at HSBC, who are doing some pretty cool things to support our customers' financial health. So we've got some really juicy topics to talk about in this podcast. But before we launch in, let's get to know uh, you both a little bit more. So let's start with you, Kate. Yep. So hello, everyone. Um, I am Kate Inglis. Um, I work within HSBC's uh, retail banking um, team within the customer and international uh, sub-team. Um, and I'm really focused on understanding um, the types of tools and capabilities that we can build to really um, support our customers um, in their everyday lives. Perfect. Thank you. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you join us here today. Um, ben, let's hear a bit about you. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having me today. My name's Ben Maxwell, and I also work in HSBC's data and analytics team with Nick. Thank you for being here, Ben. So fun question we like to start these podcasts with is how you would describe something to a 10-year-old, as it's a really great way of forcing us to explain things without using, I don't know, technical jargon. And it starts us all off with a shared understanding. Um, so Ben, describe what it means to be financially healthy to a 10-year-old. Excellent. So I would describe it as when you do household chores or other activities of that nature and you earn some pocket money, rather than spend it, for example, on sweets straight away, what you would do with your pocket money is you would save it up over some weeks or for some months so as you've got a bigger amount of money so as you can buy something that you really like or even better than that you can save some of it up and you can put it in a bank and you can see that money grow over time and then when you're a grown-up you'll have even more money and that'll be just fantastic. So Kate let's hear the same question from you how would you describe what it means to be financially healthy to a 10-year-old? Uh, absolutely. So I would think of it um, more in terms of how similar it is to your physical health. So we understand kind of the things that we need to do um, in our daily lives to, to make sure that we stay happy and, and healthy. Um, so, you know, we understand we have to eat the right foods and we have to exercise regularly um, and to make sure that, you know, we're not getting too stressed um, so that we can really, that our bodies can really support us as we age and grow. Um, so just making sure that you go to, just like making sure you go to bed on time and when eat the right foods so that you have enough energy for school and for, for playing with your friends, we need to make sure that we're doing the, taking the right steps um, and investing in our in our finances in a similar way. So taking the right decisions every day to make sure that our finances will support us um, no matter what we want to do in the future. I love that. So why financial well-being? Why is this so important to you, Kate? Um, so for, for me, um, financial well-being is, is really important because just like our, our physical health and making physical changes, um, changing financial health is often quite difficult to do. And um, so there's lots of different sources of information out there. 
We might be reading things in magazines, on websites, in, in books even. We're hearing different things from, from companies, from our family and, and from our friends. And it's really difficult to take all of this information in, filter it to what is really important or relevant for us, and then to develop a, a set of you know, principles or, or guidance that might actually work. And that's before you've even kind of started to put these into practice and to change your behavior to, to, to match, um, which is you know, really the, the tricky bit there. We know there's barriers to really creating any long-term um, behavioral changes. So we know that if the goal is too, is too complex, um, if, if it's too far away, so if we can't actually picture what we want to do, um, it, it, it really starts to impede our, our ability to, to take the steps. We also have um, loss aversion, so it can feel a lot heavier to, to lose something today or, or even spend less today um, than, the, than the gains that, you know, and the value that we'll feel um, in, in the future. And kind of lastly, you know, we can't really, um, we can't really have a, a template for, for financial health or even a comparison set. Um, there, there are ranges um, that exist for a reason within, within other scales, so within our, our physical um, health, for example. But actually for our finances, it's really unclear what that range is or what, what it might be for, for us. If we think about the analogy of, of brushing your teeth twice a day, we know that we should do this for two minutes a day. So um, and, and, and actually that this can really prevent some, some quite painful and, and very expensive dental work in the future but sometimes we still struggle to, to take that step. And Nick, if I could just, um, you know, build on, on a couple of Kate's points there. Um, that's absolutely true. It is sometimes difficult for people to think about um, unusual or difficult situations in their lives and the fact that they may need to prepare for them. And it's also difficult for people to think of things that are very far away uh, in some cases, such as retirement. But what we have observed um, is that people are receptive to thinking about their financial well-being and making appropriate provisions at major moments in their lives. So, for example, graduating college or, you know, um, finding a life partner or perhaps starting a family. These are great moments where people are open to thinking about their finances. And if we can be there for them at those moments, we can really help to, to make a difference in their security and their financial resilience. Lovely, thank you. So, we, so we're clear on what it is, why it's so, so important. So, but where does the role of data and machine learning fit in with this? Well, Nick, thank you for, for asking that question. So um, as we said, what people effectively need to do depend, you know, based upon their own circumstances is look at their income and adjust their expenditure such that they can generate a monthly surplus that they can save, okay? If they're able to do that, they can then begin to put in place the protections that they need for unexpected events. So maybe, you know, an accident or a loss of employment or, you know, unfortunate events of that nature. And what that means is that if they have the appropriate protections in place, they will be more resilient to unfortunate events or, or, or surprises um, in their lives. If they're, once they've got that covered off, what they can also then think of is, building up savings balances and beginning to invest that and get a superior return on their money, which is going to be good for their future and their family's future. 
And then if they're able to do that in a very effective way, then over the longer term, they can begin to think about achieving, you know, their personal aspirations through their finances. And that may be things like early retirement, or it may be, you know, being involved in charitable endeavors, things of that of that nature. Now, to be able to generate that monthly surplus is really a function of the behaviors you have on your checking account and on your credit card. And obviously at the bank, we're able to see those transactions, we're able to see those financial behaviors in the data. And as such, we're able to give people advice on how they could possibly generate a bit more of a surplus. And what we can also see if we look broadly at their financial picture is what um, protections they do have in place and how they are managing, you know, potentially their borrowing, their savings and investments. And with that comprehensive view of their finances, we're able to make tailored advice to put them in a resilient and a secure position and manage their finances to be able to achieve their aspirations, you know, over the courses of their lives. So it's critically important. And all of the advice is effectively generated by observing the data. And Kate, how do customers use their own data to improve their financial health? How do people actually interact with a financial well-being service? So I think um, one of the one of the, the key pieces here for for leveraging um, all of the the great kind of um, information and, and data uh, that, that Ben has talked us through is understanding to to your point actually how how is it best for customers to to absorb that and and take that. Um, I was lucky enough a couple of years ago to to spend some time. Um, with one of our uh, British um, Olympic rowers, um, who's actually a, a double um, a double gold Olympic medal holder, and um, training for the for the Olympics essentially starts four years ahead of the event, so it's actually quite a long time. And if you think about you know getting up at four a.m. on a very dark and miserable British um, morning uh, to train for a race that is that is four years away, that can become quite challenging and this is similar to taking the actions that we need today to to ensure that we're going to be financially fit and especially when we're being pulled in in multiple directions so he said that actually as a team they focus on on two questions only to really keep keep their keep themselves motivated and to create that discipline and form those habits that they need to win in that you know that race that, that that's four years away so the two questions are you know, was it a gold medal day today? So did we did we achieve our best today? Um, and secondly, you know, are the actions that we're taking, are they going to make the boat go faster? And I think this is a really interesting way to think about how people can react with um, with, with financial health and, and some of their, their key data points. Not every day is going to be a gold medal day, but there will be some days that are. And it's really understanding what is driving that and what's creating that gold medal day. So it's about breaking down every day and actually taking those actions that get you closer. And then remembering to ask ourselves, you know, are the things that I'm doing, um, are they actually going to make my boat go faster or, or help me get financially fitter? Um, and that means we really need to really understand what drives that financial health and then to understand daily what we can do to, to, to create those gold medal days. And I think that's our role in helping customers use their data in this way. That's that's such a vivid analogy, isn't it? And uh, something that you can um, really picture and and then start working out what are those main drivers today 
that are going to help that long-term goal because it's it's hard to imagine your future self and make it real to the actions and make that trade-off with you know the the loss of of, of some things that you're not going to do today because of that future goal a really really strong analogy so but ben why is this exciting right now Yes, well, Nick, what I think is really exciting in this area now is the combination of humans and technology. And, and allow me to kind of explain what I mean by that. So what we've seen over recent years um, is really the emergence of, of natural language processing. So the ability to understand and react to the spoken word. And what that means is that we can actually begin to build, and, and we're beginning to work on this now, um, virtual um, assistance agents, okay? So you could be talking to your financial well-being app, and the app understands you in real time. It can help you with your finances. It can bring you information. It can present that to you visually, so as you can take um, really good decisions about your finances. Now, the nice thing, about of having a virtual financial assistant is that that financial assistant is available to you 24 7. so you can interact at your convenience and if you want to set up certain alerts your virtual financial assistant will be there for you when you need it okay so that's outside of regular commercial hours so that's a, i think a really exciting use of the technology to create a trusted partner however what I'd also recognize is that, you know, we've talked about, you know, protecting people's finances against unusual events. We've talked about thinking about more complex decisions and longer term decisions. And that might involve buying a home. It might involve retirement. And there, many people would much rather speak with another person who can guide them through the options, can understand the considerations as they pertain to their life and to their circumstances. But I also see um, that the technology will enable the members of staff in the financial institutions. Okay, so for example, Whereas right now, people have to key information into computer systems. We can have our natural language processing doing that kind of work. What we can also have um, is our natural language processing, um, our virtual agent assisting the member of staff to find information or to update customer records to understand what the different options are. So I actually see the technology interacting directly with customers in a way that's convenient for them. And I also see the technology supporting um, colleagues um, in financial institutions to be more effective and reduce the administrative elements of their job such that they can focus on just providing great empathy and great advice to customers. That's why I find really exciting right now. Agree, and, and just to, to add on to, to, to what Ben was saying there, it, imagine how powerful that would be, right? We, you know, our customers have expectations that that we know them, and actually now we're in a in a position, you know, as as Ben mentioned, to leverage a lot of these technical capabilities, and really make sure that when we're speaking with customers, we understand where they're starting from. Um, it's it's you know, it the conversation becomes instantly more powerful and really effective, and actually helping customers get to their goals. Um, it's it's basically the difference between you know your local coffee shop remembering your order and waving you in to your table rather than you know you waiting in the queue and, and repeating the same thing multiple times and what a brilliant way of kind of tech data behavior science all of these things 
coming together um, with a purpose that is is just absolutely crucial for absolute for for everybody for every single person. What is the one thought you would like to leave people with um, that are listening today, Ben? Um, what I would like to to leave with people is that please do consider your financial health, your financial well-being um, in the same, with the same degree of care and thoughtfulness as you would about your mental well-being, your physical well-being, your relationship well-being. Um, it's really important. It's something that you can manage and it's something that will serve you well for the future. Kate, your perspective? Yeah, and just for me, I, I'd just like to say um, it's never too late to, to start um, and actually to, to make that lasting change um, to your financial health and, and really go after your goals. You know, as Ben said, you can really start to replicate some of the positive changes that, you, you know, you've made in other areas of your, of your life and really start to apply this to, to your financial well-being. So Ben, Kate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. So thank you for sharing all of your thoughts and stories and insights on such an amazingly important topic uh, where data, machine learning, behavior science, tech play a pivotal role. My hope is that all of us together can help make this financial well-being boat go faster using your analogy, Kate. Thank you, Nick, and, and thanks to all the listeners for, for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you so much. And, and yeah, remember, you can always start with your financial well-being. Thank you.